Welcome to the four-part teaching series, Intimacy with Christ, featuring Yvonatia. In this series, you'll learn about your relationship with Christ and the journey of the believer from the book of Song of Solomon. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. Why, hello, good people. Happy Wednesday. Okay, today, oh, before I get into what today is, uh, on Friday, I had to leave uh, like 20 minutes into the stream uh, because my toilet exploded. Uh so the hose that feeds into the um, that feeds into the toilet, the little collar that you screw in right there, it broke, and it was just spraying water everywhere in our bathroom. It was leaking out into the hallway, and so I heard this noise, and it sounded like when you turn on the washing machine, you know, like you get that big torrent of water filling up in the drum, um, and so I thought that's what it was. And so I, you know, I have a lot of like fans and AC going and I see Lauren, like we have a hallway right here and I see Lauren, this commotion and she's like, runs in, runs into the laundry room and then she's like running away. And I'm like trying to like motion to her and, um, and I couldn't hear, she said something I couldn't hear. And so I just go, I'll be right back. And I just walk into the, the bathroom where she is. And then all of a sudden I see like water spraying everywhere. I'm like, oh no. And so um, I came back, you know, I shut the water off and all that. I came back and had to pretend like everything was fine. But I kept having to try and get Lauren's, uh, Lauren's attention. And the hilarious part, which no one knew about, is I'm totally like playing it cool. But I'm throwing things in Lauren's direction <laughs> that are on my desk trying to get her attention so I have like a bunch of these buzz notes so i'm like throwing these like ninja stars <laughs> like from like here down i'm like throwing ninja stars and then like i had this like box thing and i'm just like whoom and i just like throw it and it's like makes a super loud noise and because i'd written a note on uh oh right here it says turn it off wait until stream is over i need to turn the valve back on and so i was like doing like yeah anyways so there's like multiple notes on here. It's hilarious. And so I'm like also trying to get her attention. So I'm like flapping this notepad. This is a notepad if people are listening to this. A notepad, I'm like flapping it off screen, like, but like trying to <laughs> it was amazing. I was laughing, like trying not to laugh too while it's happening. Cause like Andrea, she's talking about, you know, human trafficking and it's a very serious issue. And I'm like, I really want to engage. But then there's this whole other crazy situation happening. And it was just a perfect storm because there was no one here to help me uh, run the stream. So we're remedying that right now. Uh, that is just fun. All right. So this is part three of four of the Intimacy with Christ teaching series featuring Ivanatia. And it has been, uh, it's been so amazing, you guys. Um, uh, for those of you who are new, we're going through the Song of Songs. And Yvonne is going into great detail to to illustrate to us how this models our walk with the Lord and the ebbs and flows of that walk with the Lord throughout our lives. And it has been just revelation packed. You guys, I've been so blown away because this book, I just greatly underestimated it and it's just amazing. So I cannot wait for today's episode. I'm so happy that this is like a a longer series. So we got four parts um, and this is the halfway mark. So I'm very, very excited. I, I, I don't want to waste any more time because this guest is amazing. And I'm just so excited about the revelation that's coming. Part three of four. 
the revelation is here. So my guest, um, she's an author, she's a speaker, she's a teacher. And in two years time, hot dog, she's going to become doctor. Let's give it up for my guest today, Yvonne Atia. Hi, Jeff. Thank you. You made me laugh. I was sitting in the backstage. It was so great. It was, yeah, so good. Oh, good. I could just imagine you with the notes. Oh, yeah. And it was just like, I'm I'm like glancing over very like trying to like not be because again, Andrea is like, she's crying. She's like really heartfelt. I'm like, this is not the time to interrupt her and tell her like, you know, and so yeah, it was. It was, it was it's great. Yeah. Well, I'm so looking for today. So yeah. we've, we've got part three, and for those of you who are new, as Jeff was saying, there's two other parts. But in just one, less than a minute, I just want to take you quickly to understand that this book, the Song of All Songs, is the bridal revelation. Jesus mm. said. I am coming back to a bride. And so we need to learn how to be the bride. And one of the biggest obstacles is if you're a male and you're like, how do I? It's a little, yeah. You know, but I want to take you past that because the Lord is a spirit and we are connecting to Jesus in a spiritual sense. And so once we get past that, then we can open up and enjoy the lasting and permanent union that we're going to be discussing today. So first two chapters of the book is the journey of the new believer. She's just met Jesus. She is loving his word. She loves his name. And she's introduced to the house of wine, to the fullness of the Holy Spirit. But then the moment he comes to use her, she's like, no, 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 no. She's so full of fears. And she's like, I'm not going up the mountain. You go. And so we ended that. Mm-hmm. Then the next um, part, which is three and four, chapter three and four, she goes out. She has a dream and she thinks that he's left her just because she said no. But this was only a dream. The truth is he's never left you and he will never will. But she goes out looking for him in the city. And the Bible says that once she bypassed everyone, she found him and she held him. And she said to him, this time, I'm not going to let you go. And I'm ready to go up the mountain. The biggest surprise was that she figured out that she never has to go up the mountain. He had prepared the carriage to take her up. And we spoke about Isaiah when he said, God, use me. That's all you're required to do. And he, by his grace, by his favor, he will enable you and will qualify you to do what in the natural you cannot do. All you need to do is just say, Lord, here I am. So we ended last week when he told her a secret. He said this to her, Jeff, I'm I'm picking up from um, chapter four, the last few verses, and then I'm going to carry into five and six. You are a garden, um, a garden fountain, a, a well of fresh water streaming down from Mount Lebanon. Now, this is a picture of the mature believer. She is maturing and you're like, okay, Yvonne, explain to me what makes you think that she's maturing. It is when he says to her, you have become a well of fresh water. So I want to take you back to John chapter 4. 
when Jesus met the Samaritan woman. And Jesus said to her that I have this water. Mm. And if you drink this water, you will never be thirsty again. But not just that. The water is going to do something more. And she's like, what is it? He said, it will become in you a bubbling spring for others. Because she was not a mature believer, she did not care about being transformed to become a spring for others. All she cared about was give me that water so that I never have to come back and be thirsty again. So when in the Song of Song, he is saying to her, you now have become a well of fresh water streaming down from the high places. He is saying to her that you now have become a place where others can come to you and they can drink and they can even be refreshed. And so she takes that on board and she begins to, Jeff, pray the most dangerous prayer ever. And I remember a time when I prayed this prayer and many believers are scared of this prayer because they think that the moment they pray this, God will wreck them. And that's not true at all. But she says, <laughs> she says, awaken north wind, rise up south wind, blow onto my garden. In other words, she's saying, God, Bring any storm ever. Do whatever you have to do, but come into my garden. In other mm. words, use me. And so she's, so many people are like, I'm not praying that prayer because I'm not ready. As if God will just come and storm into their life. She's basically saying, I'm fully surrendered. That's what she's saying. And so she requests and she says to him, come into my garden, my love. Taste its, its fruit. Now, she understands partially that she now has become a garden. She's not a bush. She's a garden. And the difference is a garden is well organized. It is well planned. It has fruit. And she is inviting him to come into the garden and taste his fruit in her. And so she's saying, come in. I want you to come in, my beloved. And the beautiful thing is, Jeff, is that in chapter 5, it starts by saying this. He answers her request. And he is now willing to come into deeper union. He said this, I have come into my garden, my sister, my bride. And I remember we said, why is he calling her my sister? It's because she comes from the same father. And why is he calling her my bride? Because she is in union with him. And so he said, I have come into my garden. And we know that this happened in every single believer when the word became flesh mm -hmm. and dwelt on the inside of us. And we know it says, and I have gathered myrrh with my spice. We know that this happened to us when um, Jesus suffered on the cross for our sins. We know that. And he united himself to us. So he's saying that I have come into you. And this is a big yeah, step so up. cool. Isn't it cool? Yeah. And that's a big step up because you know what? In the previous chapters, she didn't know that. And, you know, every time she found him, if you remember, she would say to him, I held him. 
and I would not let him go as if Jesus can can go. He can never go, you know. So now she's realizing, hang on a second, he can never go because he's not someone that I can hold on to. He has united to me, I in him and he in me. And so she's now being opened up and he replies and says to her, I have come into my garden. And what is beautiful is guess what? When he comes into his garden, he finds a banquet. He doesn't just find an empty table. He says, I have eaten my honey and I have eaten and I have drunk wine and milk. And you get to see honey and milk, they have to do with the promised land. So she's become a land of promise. She's become a land of inheritance. And not just that, he is able to drink wine. And wine is the drink for the mature. Mm-hmm. And so he's come in, and you name it, Jeff. In, in her, he is at rest. He has the best of the best. He's eating honey, and he's drinking wine. And then yeah. not just that, he begins to invite his friends And he begins to tell, eat and drink, my friends. Drink much, all lovers. So when we become mature, filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the fruit of the Holy Spirit, what God does is that he will begin to invite his friends. Um, You know, I love, uh, I was um, speaking to Cindy McGill. And she was talking how that she, when she would go to porn festivals at the start of her ministry, the Lord said to her, these are my friends. Yeah. And um, in here, right, he is like, okay, I found Jeff. He's filled in the Holy Spirit. He has the fruit of the Holy Spirit. There's a lot in him. I can trust him with my friends. So all of a sudden, he begins to bring those people into your life. And this, and you're like, oh, my God, Lord, I don't even know how I can minister to those people. I don't know if I have what it takes. The, the truth is you have what it takes because his presence in you in the garden is what brings others to come and feed in the garden. Mm. So, um, so he invites his friends. He's like, you know, I want you to come and, and I want you to have a look at this, this beautiful girl because she's so full of, of fruit and she's so full of everything. And so she now becomes a strength for others. She's mm-hmm. become a well. She's become a well of fresh water with a lot of fruit. Whatever fruit you want, you know, if it's uh, love, joy, peace, gentleness, think about all the fruit of the Holy Spirit. She has them. And so others are coming and they are finding the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And so she's in such a good, good place. And guess what? The big test begins. Now, mm. the test, and I want to clarify this, test is not temptation. Temptation will always come to you from the enemy, from Satan, because mm-hmm. he's a tempter. Yep. But the test will come from the Lord. And the purpose of the test is not for you to fail. The purpose yeah. is for you to pass. And remember yeah. Abraham in Genesis 22, when God said to him, uh, you know, this is a test. 
God knew that he was going to be his provider. He will provide the ram so that Abraham can pass the test. So this is another test and believers get tested. And you know, Jeff, if we forget everything I say, I really hope that we don't forget this one. A faith that cannot be tested cannot be trusted. Yeah, come on. That's really good. (laughs) So you think about your relationship with anyone who's close to you. Your relationship would have been tested over and over Mm -hmm. and over. And because you passed the test, you can now say, hey, I have a good relationship with my wife or I have a good relationship with my brother because it went through a test. So the test is meant to strengthen you. It is not meant to shake you. That's really good. And I think, too, the other thing that's important is, you know, we can look at a test and, and sometimes we don't feel like we're like, I can't. I can't do this. I think the important detail in this is that it's there's a it really sets up that the that the the bride is now mature. She's she's strengthened, and then a test comes. And yes. sometimes you can go through a test, and the enemy can be very quick to go. You're not ready for this. You are yeah. not ready. You're gonna fail. Like you, you like just walk away, abandon God or fall into despair or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and when you are facing a test, I always ask for the Lord's grace. I always say, God, you know, I can do all things through you who give me strength. I don't have it in me. The yeah, beautiful thing Jeff, is that, you know, he says to her, I've come into my garden I will never leave you nor forsake you. But even up until this point, she doesn't get it. To her, this is head knowledge, not heart knowledge. And the test will reveal that. The test will reveal that she doesn't still understand that he is in her and that she is in him. And so the test is just going to bring that to the, to the surface. But in the test, she has a dream. And uh, I want to highlight it's a dream because he will never leave you nor forsake you. So it says this. It says, she says, I was asleep, but my heart was awake. So she has this dream. And then in her dream, she says, a voice, my love was knocking. So she hears him in the dream knocking on the door. And she hears him say, open to me my equal, my love, my dove, my perfect one. My head is wet from the water on the grass in the early morning. My hair is wet from the night. So in the dream, Jeff, she has a dream. Remember, she's dreaming. And in the dream, she doesn't really understand that he has come into her garden. She thinks that she still has to go out opening the door for him, um, searching for him. So, you know, Revelation 3.20 says, I stand at the door and I knock. So she has this type of dream. But guess what? This is not a picture of Jesus coming to tell her just how beautiful she is. He is coming to invite her. And saying, like he said to the disciples in Gethsemane before he dies to the cross, he said to them, would you wake up at least an hour and pray with me? Would you share in my suffering? Would you share? 
And so he is saying to her, he's not coming to tell her how beautiful she is. He is asking, will you pray with me? Will you suffer with me? Because she paints Jesus as someone who is in pain or who is in suffering. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. So he's coming to ask for an extreme sacrifice. And so, you know what? We cannot get away from the cross that it does. It can bring shame to us. So many people, they're happy to carry the cross, but don't let the cross bring shame to me. I I don't want to have, I don't want to be shamed. I want to have a good reputation. I want to be out there as a good person. I don't want to be called radical. I don't want to be called weird. I don't want to be called any name. I just want to be a reasonable believer. It doesn't exist. It does not exist. And so I'm going to unpack it here. Next verse, he, uh, she says to him, no, I'm not ready. The, the truth is, I don't want to suffer with you when you're looking like this. And so she says to him, I've taken off my dress. You know, I used to have, you know, a dirty dress, but I took that off and I put on the rope of righteousness. I look, I, I look good now. I, I'm not ready to, to take that off or to even have anyone label me anything. You know, I don't want it. I don't want that. And she said, I've washed my feet. I don't want to dirty them again. In other words, I left the world. I left the footsteps of the world. I don't want to go back and have to deal with sinners. I don't want to go back and have to go to porn festivals to, to evangelize to them. Or I, I don't want that. I love you. But please don't push me too much. You're pushing me right now. And so she says, no. But the thing is, we've got to understand something, Jeff. Hebrews 12, 2. It says that we are to look to Jesus, the author, the finisher, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising its shame. So therefore, the cross of Jesus, when Jesus was on the cross, there was shame. People walking and seeing him on the cross, they shamed him. They said a lot of words of insult to him. And so there are one of the early church mothers said that there are so many people who are content to bear the cross, but there's hardly people who are willing to bear its shame. In other words, when you go out, all out there for Jesus, there's always going to be people who will criticize you, insult you, shame you, and tell you, hey, you know, what was wrong with you? You used to be, you know, this person who believed in medicine. Um, Now you're believing in healing? Like now you actually believe that you could rebuke cancer just by your words? You have lost your mind. Mm-hmm. And that was said to Jesus. They said to him, you know, you're, demon, you're, you're demonized. They said to him, so we are, many of us, right? We want a good reputation. We don't want, and especially, for example, in my field, you know, I am a scholar of the word. Uh-huh. And, when the, and, and, you yeah. know, I sit with scholars. I talk to scholars. And when you go out there, prophesy. Or, you know, speak in tongues. Or, and it's like, 
you know, you don't really have to do all that. You gotta, you gotta put on the academic hat. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, no, 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 no. I will do what I ask to do. So the apostle Paul said this, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why? Because he specialized in philosophy. He was a philosopher. And when he would speak the way he did, they called him foolish. And he said, if I was foolish, I'm, fo I'm foolish to me. So because he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God that brings salvation to everyone. So there is a, how can I say that? There's a part in the calling where you will be labeled names. You will be, the minute you speak, it's okay to speak about my, Jeff, this is funny. The number one tag word, okay, is mindfulness. So in other words, let's say you do a video on whatever, TikTok, YouTube, whatever, uh -huh. and you tag mindfulness, right? Your video will go viral, okay? You, or you go spiritual or motivational. Now, take you notes, Nash, take notes. <laughs> <laughs> she's right. I can see her writing down. <laughs> she's like right? perked up. I can see her. She's like perked up when you started talking. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Yeah. Now you go and say, Jesus, the cross of Christ, you know, um, the blood of Jesus, you will be shared, you, you will be, your video will not show up in a lot of the search engines. Now, why? Because you know how demonic these platforms, some platforms are. So it's the same thing here. He, she does not want that. She's just like, I look good. Look at my robe of righteousness. I've separated myself from the world. I already said to you, I'm yours. What else do you want? Why do you, why are you asking me to do that? And so, you know, I love how the Apostle Paul says this. It has been granted to you as if it's a gift, Jeff, um, on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his name. Mm. Isn't that beautiful? These are verses you won't hear a lot of prophetic words about because they are hardcore Christianity. But when you sign up, to be with Jesus. I'm telling you, even in Middle Eastern countries, I said that before, the church only exists today because of, of the blood of the martyrs. Even here, persecution is up there. So the moment you come into the call, you sign up for the whole deal. Yeah. There will be glory. You have won the battle in Christ, but you cannot deny the fact that these things do exist. So then she said, my lover tried to unlatch the door and my heart thrilled within me. You got to understand she deeply loves him. And I believe at that level has a depth of submission and she can't resist for long. You know, she's, this is all a dream. But in her dream, she's tossing and turning. Should I open? Maybe not. Should I let him in? Maybe not. And what is the barrier? The door. He tries to open up the door and her heart melts. And the Bible says, I jumped and I opened up the door for my love. Like in a second, it's almost, this is happening so quick in her head. And she's like, no, 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 no. No, I have to get up and open for him. I don't care what shame. I don't care what suffering. I don't care. Remember last teaching, she said to him, even if it's dawn, even if it's dark, I'm going to come. Now she's saying, I don't care even if this suffering. So she jumps up, she opens for him. And she says, my hands dripped with perfume. My fingers dripped with lovely myrrh as I pulled the bolt. So she begins to 
open and she's like, okay, whatever it takes, let's do it. But in the dream, and I keep on emphasizing, guys, it's a dream. It's not happening in real life. Yeah. In a dream, she said, I opened for my lover and he's gone. Now, this is exposing her deepest fear, Jeff. She does not believe that he has come into her garden. She still thinks that somehow she could lose him. And I'm speaking to some believers now, you cannot lose the Lord. He is in you. Yeah. Even if you don't sense him, even if you don't feel him, even if you are in the valley, even if you, it doesn't matter. We need to come to this understanding that he is in you. He has united himself to you fully. And so she thinks he's gone. And she said, my heart went out of me. Isn't that beautiful? She goes, as I looked for him. So she begins to look. She's obviously in shock. She doesn't know she's roaming the streets again. And she goes, and I didn't find him. So she doesn't know what to do. She's just like, where is he? She's calling him. You know, whenever you lose, like, you know, in I don't know if this is in every state in, in America, but in Miami, whenever there's a child that's being kidnapped or they can't find anything. They send, they send this alert on your phone. So your phone just goes off wherever you are, even if it's like the middle of the night. And to me, this is what it's sounding like. She walked out in the middle of the night crying out, where are you? Where have you gone? Okay to the suffering, okay to the shame, because she's re reached a level where she has no life without him anyway. And so she said, I called him, but I did not find him. So she continues to call, but there is no signs of him. And again, what is this exposing? Her deepest, deepest fears. That's why I always tell people, pay attention to your dreams, guys. What are you dreaming? Yeah. You know, for example, I used to have exam and anxiety. This is funny, Jeff, but whenever I used to go for an exam, the night before the exam, I will always have a dream that I'm late, the bus is not there, and then I've lost my calculator. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. My laptop's not opening. And then I failed the exam, and then I would sit weeping, and I'm like... Phew, the exam's still tomorrow. I'm still in bed. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I saying this? Because I'm trying to help you to understand. What are you dreaming? She does not believe what he said to her. Hmm. It's head knowledge. It's all up here. And how many times have we been in that situation, people? <laughs> Guilty as charged. Right? But the dream... I always think, okay, I have an anxiety when it comes to exams. I'm going to get rid of that. This is what she's having. She's having an, an anxiety dream, thinking that there's going to be a time where he's going to come to her. He's going to ask something of her. She's not going to be able to do whatever her, he asks, and then he's going to go. And she's going to lose her love. And that's never going to happen. So she's out in the streets calling him. And she says, the watchman of the city found me. And again, who are the watchmen? They are leaders, pastors, overseers, um, and they are meant to help you find him. That's their job. Yeah. So she is already feeling abandoned by him because she was about to open and he didn't wait. And she's thinking he's, he's left her. 
And then she goes to those who are meant to find him and they beat me and they hurt me and they took off my coat. In other words, they covered me. They uncovered me. Mm -hmm. And so she is thinking, wow, those who are meant to help me abused me. And I just feel, Jeff, there's so many people watching this. You've been to churches. You've been Mm -hmm. to places because you're looking for him. You felt that God had abandoned you or you wanted to find God. And you go thinking, I'm going to find him in this church. You know, I'm watching the live stream of this church. They look amazing. I'm going to go. I'm going to become a member. I'm going to join. And then as you get in, the truth is you're dealing with people. And the moment you deal with people, this is not to harm any church or speak bad about any church. No. It's just to tell you that, hey, if you're dealing with people, guess what? You're going to be hurt. It's just the nature of the world that we live in. But she's thinking, wow, those who are meant to cover me, those who are meant to help me, uh, help me find him, help me hear his voice, help me connect to him. They beat me and they're like they're telling her, hey, girl, what are you doing roaming the streets? Like, what do you think you are doing? This is a dangerous place. Get into kids' church. Go and look up, you know, go and help the cars park. Go and do, go and do the usual. So don't be radical. Don't walk in the street. And not just that. If you're going to do your own thing, you're going to come out, out, out under my covering. You're not covered. I'm sorry. And this thing that's going around now. You know, you gotta be under the covering. If yeah, come on. Under the covering, just, you know, you're, you're, yeah. you're. I'm sorry. You're a lot covered. of manipulation has happened because of that. Absolutely, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Your covering is the Lord Jesus right. Christ, mm-hmm. and we need to stand firm in that. I'm not against, you know, being, you know, taking the spiritual blessing of someone. I'm not against that, but I'm just saying that. You know, when you are so vulnerable and you go and those who are meant to help you, abuse you and uncover you, this is the place where if you don't find the Lord, many will end up losing their faith, Mm -hmm. walking away from the Lord. And if you're hearing me right now and this is speaking to you, God is calling you back into his embrace. You're not hearing this by coincidence. You're hearing this because I love you. And I was the one who paid the ultimate price for you. So do you think I'm just going to let you go? Do you think I'm just going to leave you? And so the beautiful thing, Jeff, is verses 8. I love her speech. She says this. She's abused. She's uncovered. She's hurt. She's beaten. Rather than her saying to God, You are so cruel. You are so nasty. I can't believe you allowed them to do this. You know what she does? She goes out to the daughters of Jerusalem. These are other believers she trusts. And she says to him, if you find the one I love, would you please tell him that I need him? I want you to tell him that I'm sick of love because I'm without him. And that just makes me weep. She's not saying that, you know, he caused all this. And you get to hear this demonic language going around, Jeff. God allowed it. He allowed the sickness. He allowed this person to do this to me. Maybe he's teaching me a lesson. And all of a sudden, 
if we think God allowed this, you know, or God allowed my son to be killed or God allowed my daughter, you know, what happened is that there's a wounding in your heart and your heart becomes so calloused as you're burying your child. You're just like, God, you are heartless. You know, you don't understand my pain. How do you do this to me? And so she could very easily say to him, God, you've abandoned me. Mm-hmm. You know, you let go yeah, of yeah. me. You know, you didn't even send me to a good church. Yeah. You didn't even allow a kind or a gentle mentor. Oh, God, you allowed this person to beat me, to hurt me, to uncover me. You know what? I don't want to have anything to do with you. I'm done. And the Lord is speaking to people today. And you didn't even plan on watching this. And you're saying, I'm done. And the Lord is saying, you can't possibly be done. (laughs) Hmm. Because I'm in you. and I'm I'm what you're looking for. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And she's telling them, hey, you know, I'm still looking for him. I'm, I'm hurt, but I'm looking for him. You know what, Jeff? It's okay for people to be hurt. And you can say, I'm hurt, but I'm looking for him. I feel abandoned but I'm looking for him. I feel beaten, but I'm looking for him because Mm. he is love to me. And without Mm. him, I have no love. And she said, go and tell him, please, if you find him around the corner, if you find him in the mall, she still thinks she has to go and find him, right? Tell him that your lover loves you. She's in so much pain without you. She wants you. She's sick. She's not well because she does not know where you are. Well, and honestly, too, I, I'm just thinking about like being in that situation of even like the watchman beating her and she was right to trust them. She was right to their job is to protect their job is to watch and and, and to a measure a leader is I mean, if you're if you're submitted to their leadership, there is supposed to be a measure of of covering, but not in a negative manipulative way like. A protection that comes, you know, if you're submitted to another leader, there's supposed to be a measure of that. And anybody that's in leadership, you feel that swell of protectiveness over people that are, you know, under you um, that you're leading. And um, and so I think that that's also like for some people, I'm sure there's they're dealing with condemnation, too, of like, why did I trust that person? I'm like, because you're you had every right to trust them. Like, and they're the ones that betrayed that trust, you know? So there's like a lot of layers to that. There's a lot of layers. And I think we need, you know, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. So we need to understand it's okay to go to someone to lead you and help you. But ultimately no one owns you, you know? Right. when these are hard topics, Jeff. Like, no, they're when good. Pastor, it's so good, like, though. You know, hey, my sheep. I'm sorry, they're not your sheep. They're yeah. Jesus' sheep. <laughs> Come yeah. on, yeah. I know that. Maybe there'll be people who will not be happy hearing me say this, but hey, this is the truth. Jesus paid the price for those sheep. They are not yours. Wow. You are to look yeah, after. You didn't do anything to, to right to save them. I yeah. think in the epistle of Peter where Jesus said to him, actually, when, when Jesus was restoring, restoring Peter in John 20, he said to him, Peter, do you love me? And Peter's like, um, yes, Lord. And when he repeated it three times, he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know what he said to him? Feed my sheep. They're not your sheep, Peter. They're my sheep. 
Your role is to feed them. So when young believers, if you're hearing me right now and you've been hurt or abused, when you go to another church or a different church, you need to know you're there because you want to be fed. You want to be received well. But the moment you get abused, then that's when you got to wake up and think, that's that that's the crossing of boundaries. The problem is, Jeff, we don't know. You know, we're just like, I'll do whatever because we mix that with humility. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. We're like, you know, I want to be humble. It's not about being humble. You know, it's not. I, I, I know what humility is, but it's about knowing who you are in the Lord and not allowing that abuse to take place. But if abuse does happen, doesn't mean that God caused it. It doesn't mean that this is a place where God wants you to be. So she walked away from them, right? And she's like, I still want him. She tasted something different in him. And you know what, Jeff, no matter how much you can help people, you're not Jesus to them. I'm not Jesus to them. I, like John the Baptist, can be a signpost. I can lead you to Jesus. You know, he said he is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. But I'm not your Savior. Jesus is. So we need to understand that because we're thinking, oh, this person abused me. I don't want to have anything to do with Jesus. And so we need to understand that, no, 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 no. With all her pain, her abandonment, she went around telling everyone she could see, hey, I'm looking for the one I love. And if you happen to find him, please tell him I'm sick with love and I want him. I want him to come back. I will go. I will open the door, which was the barrier between me and him. And so they're thinking, man, you are out of your mind, girl. You just got beaten. You just got hammered. You just got wrecked. You're uncovered. And you still want him? What is special about this guy? Go out and look for another guy. Go and try try Buddhism. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Go and practice spirituality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. it doesn't have to be all about Jesus. I'm I'm hitting hard places, Jeff, in yeah. this thing. But that's uh-huh. what the girl said to her. You know, they yeah. said, Jeff, how is your beloved better than every anyone else? How? Why is he better? He caused all this pain. And you still want him. And then how is your beloved? better than anyone else like come on give me a break find someone else go and find another guy as if you're another guy (laughs) Uh uh but then understand jeff that when you fall in love with jesus i'm telling you as the apostle paul said no sword no angel no demon no principality no one else can replace him no one else Mm. i'm telling you um your job can't replace him. Your success. You could be making millions. Great. That won't replace the void. There's a place for him. And so she's just like, I'm wrecked without him. And so like, yeah. who is he? Now, I'm going to read to you what she said. And I probably will not have time to go through and unpack it all because I want to get to chapter six. But I'll quickly try my best. Mm-hmm. But she's saying, you really want to know why he's so special? You guys really, really want to know. 
she said to him, my beloved is white or radiant. In other words, he's pure. And he is ruddy. Ruddy is like reddish. Um, and that's a picture of the cross. Um, outstanding among 10,000. In other words, there's none like him. His head is pure gold. And gold has to do with royalty and kingship. His hair is wavy, as black as a raven. Hair has to do with a picture of humanity. So he is fully divine, but he is fully human. His eyes are like dove. In other words, he's so pure, so simple, so um, clean by the water streams, washed in milk, mounted like jewels. She talks about his cheeks, and then she says his arms are rods of gold. Whenever you get to hear arms, it has to do with his power. You are, your arm is what gets you to work and to do. Um, and then she begins to mention all those amazing stones. Um, and every one of the stones has a very prophetic meaning. His legs, in other words, the way he moves are pillars of marble. Marble is a very solid stone. In other words, his movements are solid and he will cause your movements to be solid. He orders the steps of the righteous on a base of pure gold. His appearance is like Lebanon, choice as its cedars. Lebanon has the most beautiful cedar trees ever. His mouth is sweet. And so he's altogether lovely. Like they're trying to figure out what is good about him. And she's out of words. She's like, you know what? I have no words. So I just want to sum him up and just let you know. Yeah. He's just so good. Everything about him, the way he speaks to me, the way he, you know, the way he comforts me the way he sends his word to me, the way he redeemed me, the way he clarified who I am, everything about him is just amazing. This is my beloved daughters of Jerusalem. And so, Jeff, in chapter 6, I'm going to jump into it. You know what they say? Where is he? <laughs> <laughs> Where has your beloved gone, most beautiful woman? Um, which way did your beloved turn so that we may go and so that we may get him or find you? In other words, in the depth of her pain, in the depth of her abandonment, she has become a great missionary. And that's a picture of the Samaritan woman in the midst of yeah. her confusion, right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Jesus, you know, I, I, I read this beautiful early church father. And he said this at the beginning of the conversation. Jesus did not make himself known to the Samaritan woman. He, at the beginning, he seemed to be a thirsty man. She got, you know, she saw a thirsty man. And later on, she saw him to be a Jewish man. And she didn't even like that too. Then he became to her like a rabbi. Later on, like a prophet. So he said this at the start of the conversation. She did not agree. She didn't want to help the thirsty man. Then she did not like the Jewish man. She became, you know, she started to hackle with the um, uh, rabbi. And so when he was a prophet, she was, you know, like shocked because he exposed her sin. Mm -hmm. But when he was revealed as the Messiah, she adored him. And so Jesus took her into their steps 
And in the midst of her confusion, thinking he just exposed my sin, he just told me who I am, what does she do? In the midst of the confusion, she leaves her drawer, she runs to the city, and she becomes a missionary. This is the same picture of this girl. In the midst of her hurt, pain, abandonment, confusion, she becomes a missionary. And everyone is like, is this your beloved? Is this what he looks like? He's pure. His arm is strong. He ordains your steps. He's altogether lovely. I want him. And so they begin to go out and they begin to look for him. And so the next verse, it says, my beloved, and this is the biggest revelation. And this is when you know, Jeff, that she finally got it has gone down to his garden, to the bed of spice, to browse in the garden and to gather the lilies. So in this moment, she looks on the inside of her and guess who she finds? She finds him. So in that dream, all chapter five, is that he tells her, I'm in the garden. She doesn't get it. She goes through this huge journey. And when she looks on the inside of her, she sees him and she finds him. And this is not a, now she knows in her head and in her heart that he is not someone you can go out of yourself to find him. He is in you. And he is living through you. The word became flesh and dwelt or tabernacled amongst us. And we saw his glory. So now she understands. I don't need to go to anyone. It's great to go to church. Why? Because I get to meet other believers and fellowship with them. But I'm not going there to find him. This is the biggest distinction she has to come with. She understands that he is now in me. And so she understands that he is living in the most interior center of my soul. He comes, and this is the thing, and lives and dwells to do one thing, to feed on the fruit he calls me to bear. Mm. He takes his pleasure in this garden which he planted and which he cultivated by his life-giving spirit. Hmm. So you got to remember at the beginning of her journey, she was barren. And you got to remember when she said to him that, you know, I have always been looking after my brother's vineyards, but I neglect my own. Mm -hmm. Remember that was Mm -hmm. chapter one. But through the test and the love and the journey and the encouragement, she's become a beautiful garden, a beautiful garden that he trusts, a garden that he will send his friends to eat from. And when his friends come to visit the garden, they will find him eating and indulging in the fruit of love, the fruit of long-suffering, the fruit of gentleness. And I always say this to people, Jeff, fruit is different to giftings. When you become filled with the Holy Spirit, you immediately receive 
the, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Or mm-hmm. that you don't have to have a wonderful character to be speaking in tongues or to be prophesying. That's a shock yeah. to all people. Yeah, yeah. All right. So you can have a child who is 10 years old and they receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and all of a sudden they're speaking in tongues. It doesn't mean that they're mature, but a fruit is different. A fruit will only develop when you mature in the Lord. So you think about mangoes, and I always use mangoes because they're my favorite fruit. You (laughs) You plant a mango tree. It normally takes about seven years for good mangoes to be eaten off the tree. So this is a journey of life. This is the time where he's come in and he's found mangoes, he's found pomegranates, he's found figs. In other words, she's no longer a destroyed vineyard. She's no longer a bush. She's a beautiful garden, a place where he lives by his Holy Spirit and a place where he caused all this fruit to grow. And so it's okay now for him to tell his friends that when you come to her, you will find the fruit of love. You will find gentleness. You will find kindness because she has now developed into this beautiful, beautiful bride. So this is a place where she understands that the Lord has taken union. Union has taken place. Now she understands that she can never lose him anymore. And the all she was having when she opened the door and he wasn't there was a dream. But when she woke up, he's there. And then she said she, she no longer needs to say, I will hold you and never let you go. No, he'll never go because he now is one in your DNA. I love the verse, Jeff, that says that we have become partners in the divine nature. You know, one of the early church fathers I think his name was Augustine, but he said this. He said, God became man so that man can become God. Now, he doesn't say that we've become divine in that sense. But what he means is the union that's between us and the Lord transforms our human nature Mm -hmm. from someone who is greedy to someone who is generous. From someone who stands on their rights and demands, you know, you got to apologize for me to forgive you, to someone who says, I've already forgiven you. You know, that transformation takes place when we join and become one with the Lord. Absolutely. And so in verses four, he looks at her and finally he now understands that whatever it is she's going to do, So he says to her, you are beautiful, my darling, as lovely as Jerusalem. But then he says this to her, as majestic as an army set in arrays. There are other translations which say, Jeff, you are as terrible as an army that is coming for battle. In other words, the believer who's mature has a balance. You are lovely. You are beautiful. But when the enemy tries to get a hold of you, you will be transformed into an army who is willing to go out and destroy the stronghold of the enemy. Mm. It doesn't mean that you've become weak. 
It doesn't mean because you're a believer, you have become a doormat. It doesn't mean that. Hmm. It means you become so strong to discern when to embrace and fall in love with the Lord, when to go out to battle. Think about King David. Early in his journey, he was fighting the battles of the Lord. When his relationship declined, he was home watching a naked woman. And he did not go out to fight the battles of the Lord. Mm -hmm. So you get to see that there's a mm -hmm. balance of keeping the relationship going full steam. And so in the full steam, you're a bride. You are full of love. You're full of the fruit. But at the same time, you see the enemy come. You will go out and you will destroy this as an army who is set in array. In other words, set in order. And so the bridegroom, he looks at her and he, and he sees that she is now free from herself. And that she is, this is one of the early church mothers, she said that. And she is now prepared for the consummation of the marriage. She is ready to be received into a state of permanent and lasting union with himself. So he admires her beauty since she has devoted herself to him fully and has become joint heir with the Lord and joint possessor of all of his inheritance. Why? Because all of a sudden she says, I am my beloved is mine and I am his. In other words, everything I possess all the fruits that I have, my giftings, my talents, they are not because I'm a gifted speaker. They come from him. Hmm. And so everything, you know, I have now belongs to him. And everything he has, his goodness, his graciousness, his compassion, his power, his authority is mine. So we are together one. And so he's looking at his bride, Jeff. And this is a verse I cannot, and I don't even have the time to get to its depth. But he can't even look at her. Mm. He's like, would you just turn your eyes? You know, Jeff, me and my husband always says this to me. He says, there's something when you look directly into the eyes of someone, you can know exactly how they feel towards you by looking directly. When you tell someone, look at me in the eye. Mm. Your eye tells a story. Your eye will tell you mm. how much your wife or whoever, you know, loves you. Your eye, it is through, it's when you look at someone and you don't even have to say one word, but she will look in your eye and she will know how much Jeff loves her mm -hmm. just because of the eye. Mm -hmm. He's looking at her and he, her eyes, they're mm. blazing with love. Mm. And it's, it's, he's being undone. Isn't that crazy? Mm -hmm. This place in us where we can look into the eyes of Jesus and he's like, please look away because mm. I don't yeah. know how to contain myself yeah. anymore. <laughs> and he yeah. says, you know, please, they're, they're overwhelming me. And it's like he's saying to her, I'm rejoicing all the pain you've gone through, the abandonment, the hurt, the uncovering, 
nothing is enough. And the Apostle Paul says that, you know, no persecution. If you read 2 Corinthians 12, he talks about all the pain he's endured. He said, you know what? I was shipwrecked at sea. I was beaten. I was mocked. I was put in jail. I was, you know, he, he, he lists, you know, his list. And he said, but you know what? I wouldn't have that any other way. I, I, I don't know how to say it. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. To get behind this ministry, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Now, back to the show. I'm so full of love in Him that no persecution, no pain. So the Lord is looking at His gorgeous bride and He's saying, you've endured so much for me. And through all, you're standing solid. You're looking at me. In the midst of all that, you're evangelizing. You're going out and telling others how good I look and what I've done for you. Other people are following me because of you. You know, that's amazing. That's a different level of love because, you yeah. know, normally, Jeff, it's easy to speak about the Lord when you are on top of the mountain of victory. Oh, yeah. Easy. Super easy. Easy. But it's very difficult when you're in the valley. You know, and the Lord takes prophet Ezekiel to a valley of dry bones and he sets him in the midst of the valley and he says to him, you know, what do you see? What does that mean? That even in the valley, he was telling the prophet, I'm with you, you know, and sometimes you hear God clearer in the valley than you would hear him on the mountaintop. And so he is saying her to her, you know, I just love you. Even in the midst of the valley, when you didn't see me, you still continued to be with me. Now he begins to praise her. And uh, he says this. This is all in the last part that we spoke about because it's a repeat of what he said to her again. And whenever we hear a repeat, the Lord is confirming her identity. Because sometimes when I tell you something once, people don't get it. But when the Lord says, truly, truly, I say unto you, he's repeating to her again. And he says to her, your hair is like a flock of goats descending from Gilead. Hair is a picture of devotion. He's saying, you are fully devoted to me. Gilead is a place of sacrifice. In other words, you are fully ready to be sacrificed. Your teeth, and we said, um, they are like a flock of sheep. And so he is saying to her that the, the teeth is a picture of the understanding and the intellect and the mind because that's how you chew and receive and understand the word. So he's saying to her, your mind is renewed. You no longer, you know, Romans 12, 2, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So he's saying to her, wow, look at the mind. You have a supernatural mind, a mind that believes in miracles, a mind that believes that I can do the impossible for you. And so he's admiring her. And then he says to her, as the rind of a pomegranate are your cheeks beside that which is hidden within. Think of a pomegranate. I love them, by the way. On the outside, the rind, or it looks normal. It looks like, but you open it, Jeff. And you get to see all the pomegranate, mm -hmm. um, all the seeds. They look glorious. The color, 
and the way they are structured and how every compartment has a covering. So he's saying to her, on the outside, you may look normal to everyone else, but hey, on the inside, look at your look at how glorious you are. Look mm-hmm. at how you are in order. Look at the beauty you are. It says this: um, your exterior may look normal, but the interior is filled with the purest gifts. You are filled with grace, hidden. And so no one sees that in a pomegranate unless you actually get a knife. And there's a way, by the way, of opening it. Like if you get a knife and you smash it, you ruin it. But Mm -hmm. there's a way of opening it and having a look at the way that it is. Mm -hmm. And so there's 60 queens, there may be, and 80 concubines, and so many virgins. But my love, my perfect one, is unique the only daughter of her mother, the favorite of the one who bore her. In other words, he said, there's a lot of people out there. There's a lot of women out there. He's saying to her, I can have anyone I like. Remember, this is King Solomon. And he had a lot of concubines. He had a lot of wives. Then he's saying to this ordinary Shulamite that there's a lot of girls out there. I can be with whoever I want, anytime I want. But there's something about you. And this is a beautiful picture of the Lord's dedication when he says, by the way, Jeff, you have not chosen me. I chose you. Mm. There's a lot of, God knows, if you go and Google and you count how many Jeffs live in the world, there'll be a lot. A lot. A lot. (laughs) But there's only one who God will deal with in such a unique way. Mm-hmm. And the way he deals with you, he does not deal. And that's hard to believe because we're like, God, there's so many people around the world. Mm-hmm. That he's like, no, no, no. I want you to dare to believe that there's something about you that you bring to the table. No one else. That's why we are called the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And the hand needs the eye. You can't come and say, well, there's, yeah, but I may be the eye. Someone else might be the hand. So we are, Psalm 139, uniquely and fearfully and perfectly made. He put us together in a unique way in our mother's womb. So here he's saying to her, there might be so many women out there. But you, listen, you Shulamite, you got me. You got my heart. I'm never the same because of you, of your love, of how dedicated you are to me. So there's a lot of deep healing to anyone who is receiving this. And so the last verse, and I'll end with this, um, is that people are looking at her, Jeff, and they're like, who is this? Arising like the dawn, as fair as the moon, as bright as the sun, as majestic as an army with willowing banners. Now, this is the second time you get to see a verse similar to this because a couple of chapters earlier, they saw her coming out of the wilderness and they spotted her coming and she was just leaning on him. And they said, who is this coming out of the wilderness? Like, a, you know, a, a cloud of smoke. So she had glory on her. But this is different. This is another advanced stage of the union that took place. So they are thinking, who is this? It must be understood 
that the soul through union with God is rising by degree. So she's rising. And I'm believing that God is causing the bride to rise. And we go from one degree of glory to another degree of glory. So earlier, there was a degree of glory, not like this one. This is different. Why? Because they look at her and they're like, my goodness, you look like the moon. A lot of you know people around the world, they admire the moon. Mm-hmm. Why is the moon? I love the moon. Why is the moon so beautiful? Because the moon drives the view, its beauty from the sun. Mm-hmm. So what the moon does is it sits there looking at the sun all day. And then at nighttime, especially if you go to the ocean and you get to see how the ocean is dark. But when the moon comes out, there's a, there's a glory to the moon. And that's because it's sitting in the sun all day. But then she is as clear as the sun for her union with Christ. The son of righteousness made her a partaker of a different level of glory. Mm. So there's something about her because she's not just in the presence of the moon. She's in the presence of the son of righteousness. She is terrible and fearful to the enemy and the devil because there's a consecration that's come upon her. And so people are looking at her, Jeff, and they're looking at her journey. And she's traveled so far from a girl who would roam the city to a girl who got beaten and hurt, to a girl who went in the garden, found him in the garden. He invited his friends. They're feasting on her. And there's an endless supply because he is in her to a girl now who is fully united with the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so this is a place I'm going to stop there because next week she's going to another level. Oh, man. (laughs) Next week she's going to be going and she's going to be asking for crazy stuff, which most of us wouldn't even dare to ask for. But it's because she knows that everything he has now belongs to her. And she knows that this is not head knowledge. It is heart knowledge. You cannot separate her from him and you cannot separate him from her. And my prayer, Jeff, that every single person listening to this, would take this into prayer as we are starting to pray and say, Lord, would you let this happen in my life? I don't want to stop halfway. I don't want to stop after just meeting you or being filled in the spirit. I want to fulfill the God-given calling And I want to become the bride. I want to know that I know that I know that I am this beautiful bride filled with gifts and filled with fruits that, you know, I have what it takes. People can come and they can feed on me and in in me. So good. All right, Yvonne, I'm going to have you pray. This is, yeah, this is super good. I love it. Love it. Amen. Amen. Wherever you are, I just want you to, you know, turn your affection to Jesus now. Just close your eyes and just, you know, focus on him and just say, Lord, you deeply ministered to me, God. And I just want you to just turn your affection and just begin to minister to the Lord. Let him know how much you love him, letting letting him know that there could be so many people with the same name as you, but he chose you. 
He wants you. He's ministering to you. So, Father, I just thank you, Lord. Thank you for choosing us. God, thank you for the high price that you have paid. And thank you because we have passed the test. So, Father, in Jesus' name, I release your presence, Holy Spirit. I release your presence, and I just thank you, Lord, because you have all, God, that what we need. Father, in Jesus' name, I ask that you would intensify your glory and your presence over every single person right now, those who are crying out to you, Lord. And Father, every single person who was looking for you and they went out and they were hurt they were abandoned and they were abused, Father, in Jesus' name. I ask that right now you would give them the grace to release forgiveness. Yes. I want you to just come and say, Lord, I forgive and begin to even, if you know their names, to just mention the names and just say, Lord, I forgive, you know, this pastor or this mentor or this brother or this sister, God, for abusing me, for uncovering me, God, for the people who were trying to help me find you, God. They took advantage of me. I, I ask right now, God, that I, I release them. I cancel anything that I'm holding against them. I cancel any condemnation or accusation or hurt. I release it right now in the name of Jesus. And Father, I thank you because right now, I decree and I declare that I forgive them, Lord Jesus. And I turn to you, God. I turn to you. I want you to say again, I turn to you, Father. And I want you to begin to say, I decree and declare that moving forward, this will be my prayer, that I have been united to you, God. I decree and I declare that you have come into my garden. And I in you, God, you are in me. I no longer have to step out of myself and find you, but you are in there. And Father, in Jesus' name, I want you to say that here I am, Lord. Here I am. I'm ready to do what it takes because I know that you are with me. I want you to say, God, I am ready to go up the mountain. I am ready to do what it takes. Father, I thank you, Lord. Lord, those who are asking you, I ask you, God, as your servant right now, to release your grace upon them. God, that they will feel your embrace. I sense now that God is embracing so many of you. Some of you, you may feel something. Others, you won't feel anything, but you will know. Whatever it is, I just want you to enjoy the heavenly embrace. God, I ask that you will intensify the feeling, that embrace, God, that they will feel peace, joy, love, and that they will know that this is a divine moment where they are coming into union with you. And God, that they, you will be opening doors for them. You will release grace, God, for them, God, to go into places Thank you, Father, for what you are doing. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 And amen. So good. Thank you, Lord. Such, Thank you, yeah. Lord. So great, Yvonne. Such an anointed teaching. Like, 
seriously <laughs> so good <laughs> and people in the chat are loving it too so oh um, thank just, you i just yeah i i look at this book in a completely different light now it's amazing it's always such like a, a treat when something like that in scripture happens you know so Amen. Amen. And you know, Jeff, as I was praying, I heard that the Lord highlighted you. Okay. It's not because of anything, but the Lord is saying, Jeff, I have not even started yet. Hmm, wow. Okay. And even <laughs> even your wildest dreams, hmm. you will there's gonna come a day you will laugh at my goodness. You will think, God, did you really do that? Because there's some areas, you know, God's gonna do accomplish great things through you and you're thinking god will these doors really open and god will say son you watch me you watch what i'm gonna do so i am excited because i know i'm still gonna be around you when that happens yeah, yeah. man that's i i receive it <laughs> that's a good word thank you i'm gonna write that down see what i say everybody when you get a prophetic word Yes. You got to write it down. Okay. You put the date you in my journal. It's always, it says word and then the date and it's, I take a highlighter and I swipe it so that I know when I'm flipping through, boom, there's a word and I can, <laughs> I can log it. And then you write it down, write Amen. it down. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a good steward and I'm going to practice what I preach. Amen, so, Amen. Yeah. Um, Yvonne, how can, how can people follow you? How can they get up, be up to date with all the good stuff going on in your life? Amen. Thank you, Jeff. Well, our website, celebratefreedomministries.org, you can uh, join uh, the website. I'm on um, YouTube, Ivanati and Rumble as well under the same name. And um, we are uh, so grateful. There's a lot of missionary work that we are doing. So there's courses as well. There's uh, We have an online school. So there's inner healing courses physical healing courses, um, and then we have a weekly discipleship class anyone can join just to help equip you in the Word. And, you know, last but not least, if you have a prayer need, we'd love to pray for you. So again, info at celebratefreedomministries.org, um, and we would love to pray for you. Yeah, and they're like the best. So, yeah. <laughs> thank you. So, yeah. Yvonne, thank you so much. This is so good. <laughs> Praise God. Can't Thank wait you for so next much. Wednesday. Yes, it's going so quick already. <laughs> I know. It's it's wild. So, oh, so everybody have a blessed day. We love you guys. And we will see you tomorrow at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. Okay, bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today. Thank you.